Hi, and welcome to episode 55 of No Crying in Baseball, the Benny and the Bets episode. I wish I would have thought of that because I like to make with the puns, but someone else came up with it first. I am This is Patty, and I'm so happy to have a day off. I bet the Dodgers are too. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Also happy to have the day off. I'm really tired. First game past midnight, second game 1130. And I was like, ooh, half hour early. But then I heard the words Ortiz on post game coverage. And I thought, oh, I just got to watch a little bit more. I'm looking forward to my nap or just sleeping right after this podcast. Our boyfriends have been lighting things up. So I got to brag. I got to brag about both of my boyfriends. First, I'm going to brag about Andrew Benatendi who has now several several nicknames Air Benny Bolshoi Benny did you did you give him that was that you I did or at least I didn't see it anywhere else where I when I wrote that so I'm hoping that at least I get some original credit for it You get credit for me for Bolshoi Benny I'm very proud of you for that and for me of course he's always just boyfriend Benny he's got some freaking awesome defense so far in the World Series it wasn't just for the the last round of the postseason I'm sure by now If you have eyes, you have seen his phenomenal catch in midair in front of the green monster. It's been everywhere. It's already in, in memes everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, I, I'm so proud of the Boston Globe for thinking to interview somebody at the Boston Ballet. They interviewed Patrick Palkins of the Boston Ballet, and he gives Benny's grand jeté, which is what he calls that jump. It, it, he said, yeah, no, that's pretty much the the the, the ballet. That's, that's the grand jeté. A nine out of 10 saying 10 minutes of practice and we can make it perfect. And it made the cover of the Globe, right? It did. It was above the fold front page of the Globe. And it made you say you saw it in some other papers. Too, yeah. Right? Our friend Santiago, who spoke with us at around All-Star Game Time, had has it in the sports section of El Comercio in Quito, Ecuador. So check that one out. Not just the sexy defense, but also some pretty key offense. When Potty Mouth and I were watching the game, this particular at-bat that boyfriend Benny had, I was making jokes about it being seven minutes long and feeling like the longest at-bat of all time. It turns out it was six minutes long. It was six minutes of an at-bat. There were only eight pitches, but it took six minutes and three mound visits. If you remember, a team gets six mound visits for the entire game. They used three of them during one at bat with Benny. Still walked him to load the bases. So there's that. He also went on three for three against Kershaw. Granted, it wasn't Kershaw's finest hour, but still three for three against Kershaw. He went four for four total in game one. And all the things that are being written about him now that he's had these two really great games, They talk about him the way we here in D.C. talk about Anthony Rendon. He's overshadowed by the big stars, by the Pookies and the J.D. Martinez's, but he's in there and he's consistent and he is he's pulling his weight and he's looking good. So yay for Benny Boyfriend. My Dodgers boyfriend, Matt Kemp, has been DHing because hello, American League rules for the National League team. He homered in his very first World Series at bat in game one. It was the first Dodgers World Series home run in Boston since 1916. And his RBI sack fly in game two gave him back-to-back World Series RBIs you know, and back-to-back World Series games, which is the first time, I think, um, for a designated hitter since 1997. So yay, Matt Kemp. You haven't had a lot of chances out there, but you're, you're making them work. And I, there's got to be a lot of firsts since 1916, because that's the only time that the Dodgers franchise and the Red Sox ever played before. And it wasn't even called the Dodgers then, then and I wish I knew what it was, but it wasn't in California, nor with that name. Just the same folks. That outfield in Fenway Park. We love it. They're all uh, gold glove nominees at this point. And Pookie, Mookie Betts, 
got us some tacos. So if you dare, if you dare, on yeah. November 1st, you can go to your local Taco Bell and you can steal a taco. That means not pay for it because Mookie Betts stole second base in the first game in the first inning of the World Series. A pretty cool thing to do. He went one for four that day in game one um, with two runs. One was because he ended up on base due to a walk. But then in game two, he really lit up. He went three for four with a run. He was stranded a couple times. He got in on JD's single. But that means overall, he's batting 500 for the World Series. Sounds good to me. Uh, my other boyfriend batting zero. Oh, zero. <laughs> but I, I adore him. Kiki Hernandez is one of my favorite boyfriends because of his character and his spirit and not necessarily because of his batting ability in championship games. He had a great throw we saw in the outfield. He saved a base. He stopped the runner. And in game two, that was there was that crazy everybody going for the ball with the second baseman going back. He was on second then and two outfielders coming in and he ducked really well. I want to give him credit <laughs> for that duck. Uh, but <laughs> Every time he came up and he was coming up in some clutch situations, I was I just felt bad because I would see his average and, and think, poor Kike, my guy. But then no, no, not not that bad. I would not not bad enough to really hope he get a run against the Red Sox. And at least he wasn't alone among the Dodgers lineup about not getting any runs because that's one of the problems. Let's talk about how did we get to to two O Red Sox? It's it's just meant to be. It's it's one of those fate things. The non-biased way team. of looking at it <laughs> is, let, let, I'm going to give you a little overview, and I have a feeling the Potty Moth might have some pretty serious opinions about these things, but let me just give you like the the basics about how the Sox are leading two, no two games to nothing right now. Number one is pitching. Oh my God. So primarily the bullpen. Sailed it fine. Got out early. He did okay. Ish. I mean, he but, didn't make it through the fifth. Yeah, well, right neither, neither did right. Neither Kershaw. But, uh, but Price was fantastic again. He had a really good day. And they're not shy about throwing starting pitchers in for relief. So Evaldi's been in there a couple for both games so far in relief, and which is why he's probably, you know, he may or may not start later on in the series. They may keep him in that role because he's been doing really well. And then Joe Kelly and, and Kimbrell have been like shut down good. And, you know, they've had their moments earlier on in the season and even in the postseason. But my God, they have been just sure things. Yeah. Kelly looks like a magician. The ball just jumps. It's amazing the curves that it takes through the air. And he threw and 102. Yeah. <laughs> 102 Crazy. miles and, per and, hour. And Evaldi's doing stuff like that, too. He had a couple of 100-mile-an-hour pitches as well. So we've got some heat in that bullpen. And the interesting thing is that's what everybody was terrified about going into the series. It was all like, the Red Sox have this great team, all these wins, check out the outfield. But that bullpen, we can't trust the bullpen. That's going to be the weak link. And, it is and not. totally opposite. Kimbrough on the tipping pitches thing, he he did he did it again. He's good. He's not tipping anymore. And it's interesting that it's the the starters that especially Sale, the one that we really had hope in, didn't do so well. He had a lot of pitches. He, his pitch count went up really fast. He didn't let in a lot of runs, but his pitch count was up and he had to be pulled really early. Price started great and then had a major bump where we thought he was going to be pulled in the in part of the fifth and then he made it through and then he made it through the sixth. But he was it was just that little bit of doubt. It's amazing that he made it past Ryu, the the Dodgers pitcher. Everybody would have thought that he had done really well. But it was the bullpen that with 
zero on game two. They had zero hits and zero runs in the bullpen. They, they, they let out. They let right, right. They, let let, they did not. Yeah. They yeah, no hits, no runs against them. And in game one, there was only three hits and one run off of Brazier. So yay, Red Sox bullpen. I hope it stays. <laughs> so other reasons that the Red Sox are where they are right now. They've been playing some phenomenal small ball, right? Aside from that, really good defense. They haven't been letting things get by them, Benny's spectacular catches or not. They've been doing really well. But they've been scoring runs on two, in two-out situations, and they've been sticking through at-bats in two-strike situations. They're changing what they're doing when they get to two strikes to just get on base. They're fouling off ball after ball to either get a hit or get a walk, but just avoid that last out, get the next guy on base. So that's small ball, and they're doing a great job with it. And, oh, my God, Fenway, the home field advantage, number one, freezing cold. Okay, so Dodgers are cold. Everybody's cold, but at least the the Red Sox are used to it. The Dodgers are not. The crowd, the noise, the weird shape of the park. There are a lot of things going on. So home field advantage, I think, for both teams is really a big deal. I just wanted to say that, especially at Fenway, Kershaw had never pitched there. Right. His vi- Imagine that. Your very first time pitching at Fenway, game first game of the World Series, talk about pressure. And the crowd, you know, I mean, I've talked about Fenway crowds before. They're intense. They're definitely intense. The best part was the pre-game show outside. I don't know why they thought of doing this, but they put Big Poppy and A-Rod with open netting behind them so a crowd could gather. And of course, everybody's chanting Poppy, but they also taunted A-Rod just a bit. I don't feel good about that. Even though I'm not a big A-Rod fan, I don't feel good about that. So the Dodgers, their bullpen let them down. Okay, they were the ones who were supposed to come in with this great bullpen, and that wasn't working. It may have worked if they didn't need them for as long, but their starting pitchers didn't do what their starting pitchers needed to do. Kershaw, last time he was up, he pitched, what, he pitched eight innings in the in the last round, right? In the, in the last game that he pitched. And it, the, he was cold. He was freaked out. And he didn't have his stops. He was gone. So they had to call on their bullpen a lot sooner than they needed to. Now, Madsen, in the series against the Brewers, was fantastic. He was not fantastic in game one and game two of the World Series. Granted, they pulled him in when there was already a terrible situation on base. There were runners on base. It was icky. It was nasty. And so they were asking a lot of him and he didn't was not able to come through. That may change when he's home in his home park. But that was that was a problem. The Dodgers bats struggled. Right. They weren't not able. So this whole lefty thing is having an effect. Right. So they've been, you know, keeping their their left handed home run hitters off until late in the game when they can come in against a right handed reliever or something. And mathematically, that makes sense, because in particular, their left handed hitters really are bad against left handed pitchers. So it does make some sense. But if it didn't work the first time, I don't know. Uh, And their defense was sloppy. They could have created more outs than they did. So that wasn't great for the Dodgers. I think things are going to change. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Everybody's on Roberts's ass for that, really, because if you looked at the lineup, it was just R, straight up and down, and leaving out Muncie, you know, stuff like that. So I think that mathematically it makes sense, but maybe eight out of nine, maybe throw in one home run hitter. I think he was going too absolute on it, and he's getting a lot of shit from it, including from uh, big poppy David Ortiz. It's like, you can't be doing that, man. You're leaving. And as a lefty home run hitter himself, you know, what are you doing there? 
And actually, you know, that home run hitter thing reminds me that that is another problem of why the bats were the way they were. They're all trying to hit home runs. They're not changing to just get on base. And that may have made a difference, too, if they had changed their approach a little bit to just get on base. Yeah, I think Cora has got it a little bit more together. Like you said, he was doing the small ball and he does have some lefties in batting against lefties and it's been working out. The manager's I really love them both. I guess I have to say adore again. Does that count like adorable? They're amazing. And and Roberts got a huge welcome at Fenway Park in, the, in game one. Just huge ovation. We we love him because he was a key reason why the Red Sox got their very first world, first in 85 years World Ser- Series ring in 2004 because of his famous stolen base. In game two, the ceremonial first pitch was by a bunch of his 2004 buddies. And to see him running out of the dugout and hugging them, and they looked so cute and just so happy to be together again. I'm I mean, how often do those guys actually get together? It's pretty amazing. There's a lot of really cool things about both of these managers. They both played on both teams. They were both Dodgers. They were both Red Sox. Um, and and Roberts is the Red is the one who made more of an impact on the Red Sox. But Cora was there in 2007. They overlapped one year in for the Dodgers. I think it was 2002 to three. They played together, and they were first and second in the batting order. I don't remember who was first. I really should look at that up. Um, and it's interesting that out of our current managers in MLB, we have often talked about lack of representation, lack of Hispanics, lack of African-Americans, lack of other races besides white, really, and genders too, white guys. And right now, I think that Roberts is the only African-American manager now that Dusty Baker has been removed. Um, And Cora, I think there's two other Latino managers, Renteria and Martinez, Davey Martinez here, who's Puerto Rican like Cora. But it's the first time in history that two non-white managers have met in the World Series. And with, you know, odds like that, that's pretty crazy. The, The Red Sox World Series teams have had a lasting effect because they've produced not just great players, but great managers. And right now, five current managers were on the Red Sox World Series teams. Well, <laughs> if you count Francona being coaching it, right? So Francona managing again, Cash and the Rays and Gabe Kapler and the Phillies, and then there's Corin Roberts. So that says a lot about Red Sox World Series teams. Can, can you imagine what's maybe Benny is going to be coaching the Cleveland team some year? In 30 years, because yeah. you know, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of playing years left. I'm waiting for Fuck Machado to go viral, especially on the Red Sox baseball feeds, because I think I said that a lot. Didn't I say that a lot? You, you, yeah, pretty constantly. It's like a mantra. It, yeah, there were just so many reasons for it. I've got to admit, he's damn good. I mean, I think he's feeding off of it, though. I think it's a kind of a problem now. I think the booing got to him just that very first game against the Brewers when they got after him. And since then, I think he's like, yeah, give it to me because it feeds me. It feeds me. It was more apparent in game one, though. I think in game one, maybe there was, you know, that much more emotion toward him because it was their first time seeing him. And he's the one Dodger, right, who has Fenway Park experience, or at least the only one I know of. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anybody who's been on AL East as long as Machado was. So he's played there a lot, and he knows what it's like to play in the cold. So he's more comfortable at Fenway. He got three RBIs in game one. So I said, fuck Machado at least those three times. Every other inning, I was getting really tired of it. Inning three, inning five, inning seven. And his arm is crazy. Him turning double plays and just shooting like it just shoots across the diamond. I 
don't know. His abilities are not in question. You know, I my the, the mom card here is I don't appreciate his character, but his abilities for sure are damn good. I'm hoping that he just spent all the gas because he did only do one for four in game two. So we'll see what happens. He's going home now, though, I mean, right? He's got a day off. Then he's going to be in, you know, sunny Southern California. I, I'm a little worried. A little worried about, about what I'm worried about uh, how he's going to have an effect on the team. Yeah. Tell me your other mom thing. I hope that Chris Sale spends some time maybe at the beach in California ordering a lot of food and drink to bulk himself up because the worst thing that I heard when he was pitching was that he had lost weight after the stomach ailment. But he's, a, he's a beanpole to begin with. He, You can barely see him when he turns sideways. And he had gained it back, but in nine days. So for somebody that size to lose weight and gain it back in nine days, I'm really worried about him. And I think he needs to eat more. So I really wanted to send him a sandwich. Maybe we can order him some food in California. <laughs> Give him some restaurants to go to. Because otherwise, there's just no food in Southern California. That's very sad. So here's what's going to be the difference going forward as we're going to Southern California, where I do hear there is food and a beach and warmth and not freezing cold temperatures. So the Dodgers get a chance to have home field advantage and it will be loud there too, but it's going to be loud in their favor, which is qualitatively different. It's a bigger park. So there's room for more loud, right? I think that holds 10 or 20,000 more people than them. It's huge. So there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot. They're going to be warm again. It's going to be right-handed pitcher against right-handed pitcher tomorrow. So that's going to shake up the lineups. Everybody's got a day to regroup. I have a feeling the Red Sox probably would have been happy to play four straight and just, you know, move on the momentum. The Dodgers definitely need a good nap to go home, sleep in their own beds, and then, you know, wake up ready to play at home. The twist is going to be the National League rules are going to screw with the how the Red Sox have been playing because there's no DH. Because in the National League, they expect the pitcher to be an athlete and also bat. Oh, there we go. There is a there is a little bias of I, mine. So I'll go on the other side of the bias. Why hurt a pitcher? Things happen when you're when you're running bases, and as, like we lost a pitcher sliding into a base and hurting his fingers. That's, they should practice more, and yeah. then they'll be better at it. So, I'm an American League baby. Uh, yeah, you, you you definitely are. <laughs> you definitely are. So it. You know, Cora's got his his lineup. He's got his guys. He knows when to put his guys in in the American League rules with the DH. He's got Martinez that he swears is going to play in. He's going to start every game, right? And he's been the designated hitter, which means he's got to put him in the field somewhere. And it's probably going to be the outfield because he doesn't have infield skills, right? Yeah, he is an outfielder. I mean, he plays there. He's, he's, he's an outfielder. And that means the three guys are in the outfield who are playing really well right now. You know, they'll, they'll get moved around. There's talk about, you know, Mookie playing second base, which he has done before. He's even done it fairly recently, which scares me because I think Machado is going to go after him. And then that, that prediction of mine is going to come true and someone's going to get hurt. And I don't want it to be Pookie. But those are the things that I think are going to be make the difference going forward. Yeah, as far as second base goes, Mookie came up as a second baseman. He played second base in the minors, and he actually felt or pretty comfortable at second base. He was moved because of Pedroia. And so when it first got announced, Cora was saying, no problem, Mookie can handle it. There was kind of no doubt. But today, the reports are pretty much saying that they're going to take Jackie Bradley Jr. out, you know, keep him as a pinch hitter, but take him out instead and keep either Kinsler or Holt on second base. And, and I think it's because... Pedroia was watching Mookie <laughs> do his practice at second, and he said he played like shit. 
So so he was he did not have Pedroia's confidence is what I say. That's interesting because Mookie has, makes a point of saying I, I take grounders every day. And so, so I'm ready. Wow. Yeah. And apparently L.A. doesn't do a lot of grounders. I, I think they don't have as much infield action. Well, the Boston pitchers. That's it. That's the the it. Boston pitchers don't create hits that go towards second base yeah. as often as other teams do. So there's a little bit of leeway there because you're not going to have as much action when you're playing second base. I want to continue on my theme of the blessed Red Sox, the the chosen team, because over <laughs> Fenway so Park, over Fenway Park, the first day there was actually doubt that they would actually be able to play the game because it was pouring rain. Well, this the clouds parted about an hour before first pitch, and the sun came out, and a rainbow went over Fenway Park. And it happened the next night. So games one and two had rainbows over Fenway Park. And my favorite take on that was an article from Outsports. And they said that that makes it the gayest World Series ever. That both teams, they like a lot because they do Pride Nights right. The Red Sox had it on the field, rainbow socks. And I know that that LA has done a lot. The Red Sox also gave $200,000 to Fenway Health, which is a local LGBTQ health center. I I am just so happy to see that kind of positive thing going on and reporting. And both teams have openly out gay executives. The Dodgers, Eric Braverman, is a senior VP in marketing, communications, and broadcasting. And the Red Sox, David Baggs, is senior manager of Red Sox Sales Academy. Uh, impressive sounding positions. I think so. And um, I don't know that the rainbows are blessing the the Red Sox so much as maybe blessing the World Series. I mean, it sure looks like the Red Sox are playing blessed right now. We'll see if we can conjure a rainbow over Dodger Stadium and seeing what happens there. We talked before about the bets that were happening earlier in the postseason between libraries and between, you know, uh, police chiefs between city and city. Usually when you get to the World Series, the mayors bet against each other, the mayors of the two teams. So the Los Angeles mayor, Eric Garcetti, challenged the Boston mayor, Marty Walsh, to make a bet and had some ideas. And Marty Walsh refused. It was Marty who who sent it down, really. Yeah. Did he give it a reason? He did. He said when he first took office, he placed some bets like this and he lost them and he figured he's bad luck. So the first time he didn't take a bet, the team, the Boston team in question won. So he's staying out of it because he thinks he's a bad luck charm. That's very solid logic. You had a good bet that you found. I saw another bet. The Boston Pops are challenging the L.A. Philharmonic Orchestra to outdo their cover of the Dropkick Murphys shipping up to Boston. The Boston Pops are known for covering a lot of really cool music, but their cover of the Dropkick Murphys, fabulous. So I want to see what the L.A. Philharmonic's going to do. I'm thinking California Dreamin', maybe, or Californication for some fun. Oh, Hotel California. Oh, that works. Right, right. There are some. There are some. So yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll uh, we'll see musically what happens there because we have no mayor bet. There are some congressional bets. There are some. I think the fire chiefs have have placed bets, including that they send um, their uniforms, that their actual firefighting uniforms, to the other team if they lose, and the teams to wear it with the uh, with the winning team's ball caps. So there's a lot going on out there. So we'll we'll get back to you when we have some evidence of how that turns out. I'm thinking that I'm going to stick with my my Red Sox and six. I think the Dodgers are going to 
pull at least one, if not two games out at home. If it's two, then I'm still in the ballgame for for Red Sox and six. They're going to take at least one at home. I'm hoping the Sox will be back in Boston to win because that would be nice for them. And that would make me right. What are you thinking? I'm sticking with five. I mean, it started even looking like four, but I think that's not going to happen. And it would really be bad for us socially, for me, actually socially, because there's a party here at El Jefe's and El Jefe's wife is a Dodgers fan. And for me to come to a party rooting for the Red Sox and on the night where they sweep in the house of a Dodgers fan, that's not polite. The optics are bad there. Yeah. So maybe we'll go another game. We will be back next week at our regular time, and either we will be telling you about the fantastic end of the World Series, or it'll be the day off before the World Series goes to the last two games. We will catch you up then. In the meantime, you should be checking us out on social media because we're we're um, sending you some links and some news and some other fun facts in between during these games. You should be telling your friends about us and hopefully subscribing, leaving a review. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.